A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rick Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. I'm Rocket Sister Lamera, David Starr. Support Russell Talk. You are watching Russell Talk. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support Russell Talk. Support Russell Talk and please subscribe now. Support Russell Talk. Do it. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Because we talk about wrestling, and I like it. Support Wrestle Talk. Don't subscribe. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. The Fiend is finally the WWE Universal Champion. I'm Ollie Davis. This is El Fakador Laurie Blake. Please press the thumbs up button. Give us a subscribe. Get your super chats in. Don't worry if you left the super chat on the other stream. We've got them saved. We're going to be answering them at the end of this first discussion point and all the others right at the end of the stream. Uh, yes. So, Crown Jewel 2019. Mm-hmm. Just to go through the headlines of what, we, what we've already said to nobody in an empty <laughs> void <laughs> is it's... Headline-wise, The Fiend is the Universal Champion. Great. Mm-hmm. That's really, really exciting. Women wrestled a match in Saudi Arabia. That's also very, like, that's very undeniably historic and momentous. Other than that, I, th- I personally felt the rest of the show was either tedious because mm-hmm. the crowd weren't really into it, although this is one of the better crowds that have been for a Saudi Arabia show. I still thought it lacked a lot of atmosphere, particularly yeah. for the tag match and the styles uh, Carrillo match. People got bored very quickly. And a lot of the main event, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and it ranged from tedious to very frustrating because I didn't like the Lesnar-Velasquez stuff and I thought the Fury-Strowman stuff was ineffectively booked and it exposed all of Fury's flaws of not being a professional wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, the, I thought the Fiend-Rollins match was way too long. I don't like the red light stuff. Roxanne. Roxanne. Yeah, no, I agree with all, I think I agree with all those points. I think the problem with the show is that it's just you could have just done like a uh it, it's a birthday pie. It's a, it's a big sort of weird celebration that's being booked for somebody very mm-hmm. specific and to their taste. So why not go the extra mile with that? 
why is AJ facing off against Umberto Carrillo as if like we're carrying on a bit of story for Raw because do you know what we've gone to Saudi Arabia so we might as well try and get some sort of TV story going this yeah. is the time to throw all that out of the window and just do dream matches like you could have just done Shinsuke versus AJ again people were so into Shinsuke Nakamura when he came out you could have just gone well we're just going to have a Shinsuke AJ match as a sort of champion versus champion thing that'll be a laugh there's so many permutations of the current roster that you could have just chucked into the ring together and done an amazing match. It didn't have to be massive tag battle, random singles match with people that you're trying to like put over for the rest of the story. Because while I might care about Umberto Carrillo becoming a big deal on Raw because I've been watching him since he was in like NXT on 205 and now on Raw, I'm like, okay, I'm quite interested. People in Saudi Arabia seemingly didn't care or know who he was. So you're not doing anyone any favors there. You're just watching people who are just rooting for AJ to win. And you're doing all this work to be like, oh, he's a baby face in peril. And people just going like, yeah, kill him, AJ. Kill him. <laughs> it was the same deal with Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. and Cain Velasquez. Everyone was cheering Brock like he was an uber baby face. Mm. And they, well, they were never really given a reason to get into Velasquez. Yeah. Um, I think uh, a lot of, it, it was weird though, because we finished the our live reactions. We yeah. were pretty down on it, apart from the, the 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 sort of headline news that came out of it the saving graces yeah and a lot of people in the chat in the live reactions not everybody but <clears throat> most people I would argue were also very down on it like saying it was a bad show but then like reading around and seeing other people's reactions a lot of people were I think so enamored by the fiend becoming the universal champion and I think that so having two titles the two top titles on SmackDown mm-hmm. now. Plus the announcement that NXT is going to factor into Survivor Series, where it's going to be Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. It creates a very interesting landscape for the immediate next three weeks. Yeah. So while the actual experience of watching Crown Jewel was pretty monotonous, yeah, it has set up a really, really potentially exciting November yeah. in WWE. So I, I, maybe that's my sort of armchair psychology reasoning for why so many people were into this. I think you could watch the last 30 seconds and you get all of the <clears throat> nourishment that you needed from this show. Yeah. And that that's pretty much all you need to take away is the rest of it was either lethargic wrestling or fairly good, but too lethargic crowd. Yeah. And, and, and that was, I think that was the big thing. It was like... Either the wrestlers weren't into it or the crowd wasn't into it and neither the two sort of lined up with like both people are into it at any real point in this whole thing. It did on one occasion and that was Cesaro versus Mansoor Mm -hmm. which was terrific. The whole crowd were into it. Uh, Mansoor and Cesaro worked an excellent match which you know I I think is mostly Cesaro because he's an absolute pro but Mansoor has so much charisma. He's really athletic. He was so over because this is his home country. And, like, it, surely off the back of that, Mansoor's got to get a bit of a push in WWE. You'd think so, unless they're just going to trot him out every six months to have yeah. his own personal WrestleMania moment in Saudi Arabia, and then he goes back in the cupboard for a bit, and then they'll be like, oh, we're going to get a game out again because we're going back to Saudi. I, I think that's that kind of encapsulates why maybe I'm not as excited as, as the people who really like the show, because for every good thing that I can see... I've I've been taught by like five years of WWE booking that they're not going to deliver on it or they're going to screw it up or Mansoor's not going to be around for six months. Mm. <clears throat> so I guess like I'm I'm so harmed by everything that WWE have done recently that I 
that this, you know, this it's almost too little too late for me. Mm. Whereas I, I guess a lot of other people are just more excited about the future. Yeah, I, I think that's, that is a big takeaway here is that the, the end goal of Crown Jewel, like what, what we came out of there with, what is an exciting future for WWE with The Fiend being Universal Champion. But that's because Crown Jewel's finished. Like, yeah. and that's the, you shouldn't be sitting there at the end of the paper and being like, oh, thank God that's over. Because, you know, like the things that they were building to at Crown Jewel, like the really big things, were flubs at the event. Cain Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar was a bit of a botch. Tyson Fury versus Braun Strowman was a lot of a botch. <laughs> and The Fiend versus Seth Rollins was basically a play by play almost of Hell in a Cell that you couldn't really see and then a quite a cool finish. Mm. And the finish is important because it changes the landscape of WWE and makes it all feel exciting. But why did we sort of, and I said this in the highlights and lowlights video I did yesterday, why have we sacrificed all of this stuff that was going on before? All these big exciting moments in recent WWE history like going live on Fox and all that stuff. Like we've sacrificed that to the build for Crown Jewel. And we thought that was kind of, you know, I think me and Pete when we were watching SmackDown doing the live reactions mm. for that were a bit like, it's kind of weird booking that Cain Velasquez has come out and this has happened and stuff. But I can see them building to this idea of SmackDown being a cross-sports brand. But then it turns out, no, it was just for this birthday party they've got coming up. So, yeah. you know, you know, it, it just feels like everything at Crown Jewel has been very carefully constructed to please somebody. And it didn't necessarily do that. In all the in the places like in some places it did in Natty versus Lacey Evans the crowd were very into that and that like hit all the right notes of you know we're trying to generate this emotion and it did same with the Mansoor thing and then everything else didn't quite generate that so they don't they don't know necessarily what their audience is over there either mm. but then they've spent time trying to tell everyone else who is their regular audience that that's going to be important in the lead up to the event they've in trying to serve so many masters they've served. Nobody. Very few. Yeah, they just it's just made <clears throat> WWE feel like it's there's no actual mm -hmm. like trajectory for any of the storyline. So let's talk about the Fiend versus Seth Rollins mm -hmm. because that is you know that's I, I know from a I, I, I struggle to really enjoy the whole women's stuff just because there's so much cynicism involved yeah. in that. Uh, but the the Fiend the Fiend being a Universal Champion in my little kayfabe wrestling world. I'm very excited about. Yes. Uh, but to get there again, it wasn't, it, it, was, it was a long match. It was a long match that had the red lighting again, which I, you said you quite liked. And it was a pretty much 50-50 split in the live chats when we were doing the mm. reactions as well. So, you know, that there's that line there. But Dave Meltzer said that people were contacting, uh, like ringing into the Wrestling Observer and saying a lot of people left at that point because they'd seen Hogan and Flair and that's what most of the people were there for. Yeah. Like for, for the Saudi market, the big draws were Velasquez, Fury, Hogan and Flair. Yeah. Hogan and Flair was the semi-main. So apparently a lot of people left after that. And when the red lighting came on, because people couldn't see the action... They, they followed along most of it on the big screen. A lot of people left there as well. Yeah. And you can kind of hear that because listen to the crowd reactions. It's all quite high-pitched, which indicates kids stayed around, which is, which is strange because it's like such a horrific yeah, gimmick. Yeah. But it's awesome. Um, but that, yeah, it's, it lost a lot of the crowd, literally, mm. for that main event. And I think it, because it was hard to see, because it was quite plodding, it was, the like you said, the same match as Hell in a Cell, just without 
that's instead of being contained, it was. Well, they around. just cha- they just changed the ending. Mm. It's not. That's kind of what it feels like. I know there were different. There was slightly different stuff, but it it's done. Weirdly, it's done more to harm Seth Rollins having these two matches. I think than if you had just squashed him. In yes, Hell in oh, a Cell. totally. Yeah, like that. We were hypothesizing on the live stream yesterday and saying like, what would be a cool way to have done Hell in a Cell? And you could have done Seth locked in there with a monster, and the monsters stopping anyone from getting in there to help Seth, including mm. the referee, etc. So that like you could have opened that match with. The Fiend locking himself in, taking the key, and then he's in there with Seth, and he's just terrorizing Seth in this in this cell. And then it the truly lock- is hell then, in then a you cell. Then you can literally have the locker room run down and try and break in. People mm. are trying to cut down the cell oh, and all this really stuff. Cool. Remember that for fantasy booking. <laughs> and then and then he pins Seth and wins the Universal yeah. Championship. Or it doesn't. Or it do- that doesn't even have to happen. But something has to happen that's quite big there. And instead of just, they, instead they just went with what they thought they were right to do doubled down on it here by doing the same match and then just changed the ending being like, well, I gave you what you want. I, I think that's it. It's a make good because yeah. it, it was so similar. It had all the stuff of uh, Fiend getting up after mm-hmm. chair shots. The sledgehammer came into play. There, was, there were eight stomps in total that the Fiend would no sell and then slightly sell and then still get back up. It was all... It, I mean, the, the story of Seth going into that dark place wasn't there. But in a just pure physical spot basis, it was very similar. Uh, and the, the, the sort of cage spots were just replaced with being chucked around on those big platforms that supported the giant beams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and the finish came when they, they sort of made their way up the ramp. There's a conveniently placed technical area mm-hmm. that the Fiend is super kicked into. This lets loads of pyro go off. I um, like this. This was, I, cool. this was a good bit. Um and if if we hadn't had the Hell in a Cell finish, I think I'd have been. I think I'd have really enjoyed this match. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, there was a little bit where it was not just pyro, but there was a few flames that shot out, and I thought, oh man, if we see like someone dummied up as the fiend, which you can do because he's you know that sort of mm. he's got that sort of dress, but they've got the proper fire costume on, and he could walk out on fire whoa that would be such a cool visual they didn't do that that's very very dangerous but i'd be taking the burn it down thing too literally yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it? But, yeah. but it would like yeah. tie him very very nicely from a narrative perspective and then seth Rollins goes down there very ineffectively checks if bray's still there yeah, he drags out like a bit of <laughs> he drags out like a, a pelican case doesn't he and then yeah. it's like leans over to be like oh is anyone there is that it's, it's he's like no it's absolutely fine and then the fiend just stands up behind yeah. him the, the it was when seth removed a box that for some reason set off a bit of pyro it was a bit contrived but i didn't really oh mind that was it. it and he was like oh i'm yeah. blinded so he's yeah. blinded and he turns round, and this was a really cool shot so seth's almost sat down he can't see and behind him the fiend rises from out of this death zone I love I love bits like that, and it's been really. There's been a lot of moments like that in just the last year. Mm-hmm. I sort of started off with the Osprey Abushi match, where oh the flip out of Abushi. Yeah. I think Hurricane Rana's Osprey off the top rope. Abushi lands, but then Osprey lands right behind him, and there's that brilliant moment where they both know <laughs> that, that that move was countered. Um, so that was a really and it's classic hot mm. horror movie stuff. Yeah. The the way they presented Fiend as a horror movie character in the vein of Jason is uh, I thought I thought it was very well done. It's just a shame that I'm almost 
over the fiend off of the Helena. The Helena cell stuff was so damaging to me. Yeah. That it's a shame that I'm not more into this. I just think it's. I, I actually. I do really like the horror movie kind of yeah, booking of the I character. Do. I think that's really cool and it's a great idea. This is way too early to do this match. Mm-hmm. Is what is kind of how I felt about it. I felt like this. This was like the end of a very long feud or the end of like a long run of squashing people and being a monster because you don't start up. No horror movie starts with the final girl running away and yeah. getting away and then you know hitting them back and then they finally work out how to defeat them. It starts with. You're the first victim. You're the second victim. That was easy. You're the third victim. That was a little bit mm. harder. You're the fourth victim. That was maybe a little bit harder. Fifth victim, they've started to work out. Sixth victim is the final girl. And they finally get sort of their comeuppance and get away or they get killed, whatever it is. But you, there's an arc to that. You don't just start at, he's an unstoppable monster. You can slow him down, but he just keeps on coming. It's like, it should be more of a sort of... Slowly revealed. Yeah, slowly yeah. revealed that like... Even the person who dares to stand up to him can't do it. Mm. Whereas yeah. they went from they went Finn Balor just got mullered, and then they were like Finn Balor gets mullered, and then Seth Rollins is like kicking him around the hell in a cell for ages, and he's just lying flat on the floor, which kind of ruins a bit of the mystique. They've they've skipped the entire middle part of the story, yeah. or not story? That's the wrong word, but arc of the Fiend's first year. Yeah, like this. This should be a year from SummerSlam, or more, more appropriately, you know, it, it seems like a character so suited to Survivor Series. Yeah, when it's a bit more gothic and and spooky. Uh, he should. Influenced. He should have had. They should have had the uh, the Kane and Brock spot, not at the beginning of the show, but they should mm. have had the length that Kane and Kane yeah. and Brock had. You like Brock's length, is what you're yeah. saying. I'm saying this. I like Brock's length for this match. Uh, but yeah, the the. The crowd didn't pop that much, I thought, for the finish. That seems to be because a lot of them left. Well, our reaction was kind of like, well, good. Yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't go crazy uh, because, well, I guess we've, it's already been a bit deflated for us by the Helena Cell stuff. I think the other thing is that it felt like it was the, it was the only choice to make. Mm. There's, a bit of a, there's a bit of it's not really a surprise um, because it felt like backtracking. Yeah. It felt like this is the only way to make good on the character and not ruin it. So you're going to have to put the belt on him. And then you sort of go, oh, okay, that's not surprising. There was a weird bit after the win. So Fiend wins with Mandible Claw out of the pyro area and then uh, Sister Abigail for the win. And then the lights cut out after a bit. And we were like, and it was for a while, I thought, Undertaker. Mm. <laughs> and I was just waiting for the dong. But then it's the... You were, sorry, you're waiting for the dong? I was dong waiting for the dong. Waiting for the dong. And Brock's length. <laughs> yeah, okay. And it's, the, and it's the flashing white lights on on The Fiend for that horror movie yeah. exit. Which was a great visual. Um, and it's it's my fault for thinking that it was Taker. But uh, yeah, they'll need to establish that more. That that's how... I mean, I guess they have done. Uh, but whenever I, the lights all cut out, I think Undertaker's going to appear. Yeah. And I think because it was a positive moment. So it was like the Fiend, generally speaking, the lights go out and he attacks somebody from out of nowhere or at the end of a match that, or at the end of something he's already done. Mm. So he'll like do that and then he'll do something else as he's leaving. So it felt a bit It was like, oh, okay, I thought we were sort of celebrating. Yeah. So it did feel kind of pregnant with the idea that something else might happen. Yeah. But... It is a positive. Very excited to see what The Fiend does now.
Let's get to your soot, soot, soot super chats to see what you guys thought. Tim Arndt, when I first saw the image of the Fiend holding the Universal title high, my first thought was, I'll never need to go to Brazzers ever again. <laughs> Just gonna... That's how erotic this image is for people. Well, that's it. I, I, I would argue that there probably were quite a lot of people who didn't watch the show mm. and saw the news and then watched the end. And then, therefore, they don't really come with the baggage of four hours worth yeah, of watching yeah. the show. So they just go, well, that was great, though, wasn't it? Like, yeah, of the actual practicalities. Yeah. And I guess, like, American time, it'd be interesting to hear from you all if, how you watched it. Because for us, mm. it was 4 p.m. through to 8.30. Uh, in America, I guess that would have been... 10 11 when, yeah. you, when a lot of people are at work so yeah i don't know if they would have watched it sterling van two people to defeat the fiend when it's been a year from now volter can slap his mask off i mm. don't like that idea <laughs> alistair can triple black mask the fiend definitely alistair black alistair black right, versus yeah. the fiend is a feud i want to see uh hell lord 247 can wwe rebuild the fiend because i love him so much hopefully yeah. I think this this is but they had to do this and they they did it so yeah good. I think this is the point in which you say okay like because they were clearly they clearly liked what Bray was doing as Firefly Funhouse Bray mm-hmm. and the Fiend and then they so they hotshotted him into the universe title picture but without wanting to actually put the belt on him. And I think if you ask Bray maybe what he wanted was to have the belt or, or, or not or do let it. it. Yeah, so maybe boil. so this at least hopefully here they go. Okay, well back to you. What do you want to do now? You're the universal mm. champion. But <laughs> you'd hope. Uh, Sterling. Oh no, Gruz Gruz seven seven seven. I was getting ready to cancel my WWE subscription if Seth retained, mm-hmm. uh, but I was so happy when the Fiend won. WWE got lucky. LOL. Uh, so. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Subscriber numbers are down considerably. Uh, yeah. The Q3 reports came out uh, on the day of the show, actually. Good day. Yeah, it's like uh, there's the projection that WWE's network will drop under a million subscribers for the first time in December for, for a long, long time. So that's a bad thing. Well, this, is the, this might be the boost they need. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that WWE got lucky. It's the fact that WWE has an army of fans going, well, that was the wrong thing to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. So they just finally did the thing that they never do, which was listen to people. <laughs> Sterling Van again. Please do have in mind who you want to take the fiend down, WWE. There's a year in advance that you have to build that person up for when it happens. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just have, I don't know. Cedric. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Akira Tozawa getting yeah. a one-week reign. Uh, Sterling Van again. That heel glove may be Bray's downfall later. I, I think, yeah, if, if he loses a match, it should be because he listened to the it's wrong his glove. fault, yeah, yeah. Not, not because he's been beaten. Sterling Van again. Uh, two ways to beat the Fiend one year from now. Oh, he's uh, said the Volta chops off his mask thing. Oh, maybe that was because of the first, maybe that was on the oh, first stream that went Sorry down. if you, yeah, if you double super chatted there. Premier Sharma, hope this is not like when Kane won the WWF title, lost it back the following night to Stone Cold. Yeah, that you can't do that here. Well, one way round that, maybe stop the plane from taking off. Yeah, that's. <laughs> he's never going to show up again. Though. Yeah, yeah, it's, just, it's mine now. Well, maybe they can do that. Maybe they can do the differentiation that you know the Fiend isn't Bray Wyatt. So if Bray Wyatt can't convince the Fiend to come out and defend the title, yeah. the title doesn't get defended. I saw a great bit of fantasy. Do you want to get? You want to bring him to the contract yeah, yeah. signing? Do you? Well, more fool you, sir. On Reddit, someone said they can't wait for the Universal Title Belt to turn up in puppet form in oh. the Firefly Funhouse with its own voice and yeah. persona. That'd be like, good. Like sort of how Tommaso Ciampa's really uh, 
what do you call it? Personified. Yeah, personified the belt. Yeah, as a anthropomorphized when it's an animal. I guess so. Yeah, but yeah, it's giving animals. It's giving animals human characteristics. Like how? Because I I feel like the NXT title is is, is a woman. Is Goldie? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Let's get on with the uh, the full show from top to bottom. <clears throat> Opened with a 20-man battle royal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Saudis love a battle royal by the looks of things. Uh, I think they, they like what they're given. They, they like, they, or they don't. <laughs> they, they see all these people. That's worth the money. Yeah. Quantity. That's it. Uh, this match was mostly based around Luke Harper and Eric Rowan staring at each mm-hmm. other. Uh, t- like weirdly teasing like they were going to brawl or kiss. Yeah. And then taking out everyone, people who sort of got in their way. I liked that moment. I thought that was like it was quite a nice way to build it. Like I wouldn't say the match was a particularly interesting mm. battle royal, but I think this was the standout moment for me. Was Harper and Rowan teasing, teaming up again? Ha- Luke Harper was massively over with the Saudi yeah. crowd. People were chanting his name. Um, I liked the little moments they had where they were facing off and No Way Jose gets in the middle and they chuck him out and it's like, well, you're in the way of our brawl, make-out session, whatever it is. Then Tazawa tried the same and they got rid of him. Mm. That was like all fun stuff. And then it did become a bit of a slog when they were just eliminating everyone. Well, I just I thought that's what they should have done from the start. There's, n- there's never been any breakup between Harper and mm. Rowan, so it was just very inconsistent for me for them to now be butting heads. Yeah. I... I Surely, and especially in this sort of match, work together until the end. If you're, if you're that sort of relationship, yeah. And they, you know, the skip to the end. They're both working to eliminate Carrillo, and 
like Harper chucks him out. Rowan turns away like, well, that's done. Yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense because now you have to deal with Harper if that's what you're doing. Uh, but Carrillo managed to eliminate them both and win. So I, th- I thought Rowan, I thought the Bludgeon Brothers looked stupid here. Yeah. What didn't one of them tip the other one out? Didn't Rowan tip Harper out? I don't think so. And then get... Because I think the point was that Harper was tipping Carrillo out, or whichever way round it was. Carrillo slips through the legs of one, uh, slips through the legs, and then the other one gets tipped out as well at the end. I thought it was Carrillo that, and then Carrillo comes out. back in and tips the final person oh, out. Well, maybe, yeah, because Harper went out first. Yeah, so they they are clearly building to conflict between mm-hmm. Harper and Rowan there, but whether it gets paid off on uh, from a pre-show. <laughs> After that, we had a weird bit where Paul Heyman's looking backstage for Brock Lesnar. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah, like he was Goldberg. Yeah. They're like knocking on for him. And he opened the door and Heyman just looks in and then goes to the camera. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that, I mean, that obviously set up Brock Lesnar opening the pay-per-view, just like he did at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So it opened with a bang. Cool way to start the show, uh, but I think on, on retrospect, you, you save the big matches to the end. Yeah. Otherwise, the crowd. But, you know, the, do you want them to peak and trough, peak and trough, or do you want them to slowly raise up and up and up? I think you want to do a peak and then a. Okay. Peak and then an arc. The, the, the go up to the roller coaster, up and then another. Yeah, arc. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so bring it back, go up first, bring it back <clears throat> down, and then build. Lesnar and Velasquez uh, open the show. What an amazing amount of pyro. Yeah. Like the pyro and the, the set looked incredible. Mm hmm. Money. Uh,. But yeah, interesting to open on this one. Rey Mysterio comes out first with his arm in a sling. Then Cain Velasquez comes out with his plodding lucha music. Mm-hmm. And the world's most generic lucha. Yeah. <laughs> they got and, the little dr- weird drum things mm-hmm. in. Yeah, and it was just uh, ninety seconds of feeling each other out and the occasional little kick, and they'll clinch in the corner, which the referee didn't count. You know, usually when you get in the ropes of the corner, it's a five count, and then you have to mm-hmm. separate. I guess this was meant to recall a, an octagon match where you can push people up against yeah, the and you side of the cage it, yeah. forever. But, you know, they never explained that. Uh, and then Kane hits a knee to the gut, hits a kick as Brock Lesnar to his head is, is falling back. He goes to mount Lesnar and finish him off. Right. <laughs> but Lesnar gets in the Kimura and makes him tap in two mm-hmm. minutes, two seconds. Yeah. I hated this. Mm. Uh, absolutely. Um, I just think it's. I just. I don't know what you. I don't know why we built to this match. I don't know uh, what they're going to do with Kane now because he's obviously going to disappear and have this surgery. But he just looked like a goof. It was. Yeah. You know. You've got a guy who, in the tail of the tape that they played multiple times in the kickoff show and before this match, big bold lettering at the bottom right corner, beat Brock Lesnar yeah. in a UFC fight for the heavyweight title. So now we come to the wrestling world and you've got the perfect excuse for Brock Lesnar to beat Cain Velasquez in the fact that Brock Lesnar is a wrestler in this scenario. He's obviously a legitimate MMA fighter as well. But in this scenario, he's a wrestler and Cain Velasquez is not. So I don't know. Do Suplex City. Do an F5 and then pin him and be like, well, Cain wasn't prepared for the wrestling side of things. He might be an MMA fighter. And also have it go longer. Have yeah. it be closer. This This just felt like and obviously MMA fights end in this sort of way all the time in a sort of like dramatic upset. It just didn't work for me here at all because it just makes you think, well, what was the point in making all this pomp and circumstance about Cain Velasquez coming to the company anyway? 
And then you then you know all the backstage stuff of like, well, he signed a three-year deal and now he looks like an idiot. It's almost like he's punished yeah. for... Having a career outside of the company. Yeah, and being silly enough to love wrestling and commit his long-term future to yeah. this company. It's like, ugh, you mark. But also, like, you're going to... So he's going to go and have surgery and then he's got to have a return at some point. Mm. And when he returns, people are just going to go... Yeah, Do you know what it. I mean? It's like, and he he's capable of doing some quite cool stuff that maybe Brock Lesnar isn't equipped to take, like Hurricaneers and all that kind of stuff. Maybe Brock Lesnar isn't going to be very good at selling that, so they didn't do it. But that would have been a that would have been a better angle of like they step into this world and then they do a bit of wrestling stuff to start off, and then you go into the sort of it breaks down into an MMA fight, and you can go, it's breaking down, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. And then it goes Just into a slugfest, kicks, yeah. and I don't know, I don't or some way of doing it that it transitions into a wrestling match mm. starting as a sort of striking match. I don't know. It, but at, the way they told the story saying that Kane is a striking expert and he's not submission-based or a wrestler, blah, 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 didn't land for me because the match that they were having until the moment that Kane put himself in the position to get put in a Kimura was a striking match. So Kane lost at the match type that they said he was good at. Yeah. And so, he now, so he's not a wrestler. Or a submissions specialist. Nor is he a particularly good striker, apparently. No, like, no. yeah, he's he's a lot of people have said in the, in the way that they like this match is, oh, but it's a realistic MMA fight. Yes, it is. And yeah, yeah sure, okay, if you want to do a realistic MMA fight, you can do those. But let's just look at this from how good the the wrestlers look afterwards. Brock Lesnar looks pretty good. I mean, it's not like he can get any bigger, really. Yeah. Kane looks terrible. Yeah, he's he's stepped in. This is his debut. He gets hardly anything. He taps out, which is yeah, I get an MMA finish and a legitimate one. But in wrestling, traditionally, that says you quit. Yeah, You're not yeah, a tough yeah. guy. And it, yeah, it just makes look. It, it puts all the good heat on Brock Lesnar and this guy who wasn't connecting with the crowd anyway. I always thought, yeah, well, you know, he's he's not had the best start. He everyone thought he was Dominic when he came in first. He's not really gotten over in promos. It's been Rey Mysterio who's had all of that shine. Yeah. But when he gets in the ring, he'll he'll show he's a legitimate tough guy and he'll well, legitimate. Uh, he, he can get over a tough guy character yeah. and connect with the crowd that way. But they completely buried him. Yeah. This is this was a burial. Uh, I w- without like, even afterwards, Rey Mysterio gets in. Like, Brock's not letting go of the Kimura hold. Rey Mysterio gets in with a chair, starts wailing on Brock. Brock beats up Rey, then just picks up Cain Velasquez hits as if yeah. he hadn't had enough burying already and hits the F5 onto a chair and then start, and then Rey Mysterio saves him. And you're like, but wait a second. The dynamic was that Kane's the tough guy that's come in to help Rey? Yeah, injured Ray is being helped by Kane, and now it turns out that it was all a Ray Mysterio build. Like, and I want to—I've always said like the 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 this is a really good Mysterio versus Lesnar feud. Yeah, with Kane sort of as a second, but yeah, they, they they've they've done it wrong. I I wasn't a fan of this at all, and also Mysterio's on Raw, Lesnar's on SmackDown. Yeah, brand split. It just... I mean, it's again, it's another possibility that I'm excited for going forward. <laughs> but the way they've got to it is terrible mm. and a waste and a waste of <laughs> the waste of the Fox debut on SmackDown. All the storytelling they've done in the build up yeah. to have a two minute match and to sacrifice Kofi Kingston to as well. Like, there's so much damage that's been done just so Brock yeah. can do a Kimura. 
Well, on to Kofi Kingston. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we got the tag team turmoil match after this. I'm not going to do the full name. which We started late. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just to run through, Lucha House Party got beaten by Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Lince Dorado was dressed as Pennywise. It was pretty mm. cool. Yeah. Uh, Grand Metalik was dressed as Pentagon Junior. Yes, he seemed. was. Uh, there's a huge trophy at ringside. Um, Hawkins and Ryder come down next. They're beaten. Heavy Machinery eliminate Rude and Ziggler. Then the New Day come down. New Day are over huge. Mm-hmm. Otis was over huge as well because he just yeah. did his sexy modest stuff. People just liked the comedy of that, didn't mm-hmm. they? Yeah. I mean, people were chanting, this is awesome if people could string together more than four moves. So. <laughs> uh, the New Day beat them. B-team out. New Day beat them. Revival come out. New Day beat them. OC come out. And OC beat Kofi. Yeah. So, but but Revival, after oh, yeah. losing, got back in the ring and they beat down the New Day, setting them up for the fall with the OC. Yeah. Uh, Revival are, are meant to be facing the New Day for the tag titles tonight on SmackDown. We'll see if the talent can get back from Saudi Arabia in time. There's been some travel issues. But yeah, I just... Kofi took the pin last Friday uh-huh. in a roll-up nothing finish. And then he took the pin here. And it's just like... Look, you have to beat the New Day. Okay. Don't keep beating Kofi. Yeah. It just... You, you, There's not even Xavier around to share I it know. out, is it? It's not... <laughs> There's all this great work that you did. You, yeah. look, you honestly made a new main event star in 2019 from a guy who's been in the company for over 15. 15 years. And now you're, it feels like you're doing everything you can to undo all the good work you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, the OC then took on the Viking Raiders and beat the Viking Raiders, Raw Tag Team Champions, and they won. Yeah, it was a weird, it was a, it was a strange match because we were doing all the sort of research for like what even is a tag team turmoil match in WWE terms? What's the rules? And there was they were saying it was like a four corners match. Yeah, initially in which you can tag in anyone. The kind of WWE four corners match where you can tag in any, two people mm-hmm. are in the ring and you can tag in anyone, and then it ended up actually just being a gauntlet match, right? So, yeah, and it just meant that it just felt long because every every single match actually had quite a lot of time. This went like thirty minutes almost, I think overall. Yeah, I th- again, it's that just just put on a really fun house show. Yeah. It should, like, and I think the four corners thing would have worked if you'd just done a sort of four corners tornado style mm-hmm. match where it's just all big spots even even bits of this match that you were like oh I actually would really like to see the Viking Raiders and the OC in the ring together even that was a lot of kind of trying to hit the big moves and them countering 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 magic killer we win oh okay mm-hmm. and it nothing ever really started like gelled properly I was actually the most <laughs> excited for this match when the Lucha House Party were in the ring yeah and doing all of their stuff and you're going like well these guys are just ridiculously underused aren't they yeah yeah I, I don't know. I just felt like the structuring of this had some good story elements in the middle when New Day came out who were really over. And then it was a bit of a flub when they got eliminated. And then it lost all momentum from there. And you could have kept all of that momentum by just having more teams in the ring, a bit mm. more spotty, a bit more fun, uh, and a le- little less psychology. Because there was a lot of hot tag psychology yeah. in this match specifically. And, and if you're looking to build this revival New Day match for the tag titles... I would argue New Day winning mm. and then going on to fight for the titles is a bigger sell for that match than the New Day beating the Revival, even though the New Day had already gone through two other teams, and then the New Day getting beaten yeah. to set up that match. You know, it's 
backwards. Uh, Rey Mysterio has a promo with Byron Saxton backstage, and he says some Spanish stuff mm -hmm. against Brock Lesnar. So seems like they are building the match. Then we got easily the best match of the night by quite some way: Mansoor versus Cesaro. Mm -hmm. It was excellent. This, I think, this was the first thing like beyond entrances that really connected with the crowd. Like I think everyone was popping really big for. People popped massively for Brock Lesnar coming out. They were like mm. quite excited when he was in the ring, and then that went over. That just finished so quickly yeah. that people just went okay. The tag team turmoil match went too long. So then this was the first time that you were like, oh okay, this is what it's like when they're actually like really engaged with what's happening in the ring, and it was great. I just oh, thought, amazing. I think Mansoor played it up perfectly. He's got really good facial expressions, mm -hmm. uh, played to the crowd amazingly as well. He's like very good at just like getting people riled up like pausing during his promos and stuff to get them to cheer at the right time he's like a baby face Seth Rollins he is yeah like a proper one mm. uh, and then Cesaro I think was so good in this match yeah. like he just he just led it perfectly it was such a well structured match in there was just the right amount of um, Cesaro being on top and sort of playing with Mansoor to get people sort of willing him into a comeback and then mm. the comeback was timed perfectly then there was all the counters by Cesaro and all these huge moves and very oh very close pinfalls yeah, that yeah. just made people go crazy every time Mansoor kicked out of it I just think it was really fun yeah it was it was simple it wasn't overthought it had the right result of the you know you really want to put your the hometown person over because they're going to get a naturally bigger reaction. Yeah. It just shows like you should do that maybe in the United States too. Yeah. And you might get bigger baby faces out of the, out of it. Uh, I it's just, it it's great. just, yeah. It's just, and it's just one of those things where it's like, it just says that Mansoor clearly by sheer virtue of the amount of people there, he's ready for a bigger stage than he's being given, which is yeah. NXT live events. So put him on NXT TV, do something with him because you can start to drag in all the people who watch, you know, everyone. you're pitching Crown Jewel to people totally, yeah. on SmackDown and Raw anyway. So why not have, why wasn't he on SmackDown or Raw or something before Crown Jewel to make you feel like yeah. this match actually had stakes? Instead, it was just Hometown Hero versus Cesaro. So you, you literally know that this is just pandering. Mm. You could at least try and hide the pandering. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he cut a, a really nice promo afterwards that was a bit scripted, but then he got to speak in Saudi or whatever the language Arabic. is, Arabic, and that seemed a lot more emotional, mm. and uh, the crowd loved it. So a bit long on the promo, but overall really, really good. This was by far the best complete segment on the entire pay-per-view, mm. like I, by a long way. And I, do, and I do also think it just goes to show that if you are just doing the pandering stuff and it's fun, it works. Yes, so yeah, totally. what, like... I didn't like this was my favorite match on the show and also the one that was most obviously dedicated to the Saudi audience. Mm. So why why does everything else fall flat? I don't yeah, understand why yeah. everything else is rubbish. Uh Byron Saxton backstage with Seth Rollins, he talks about the fiend, he's unsettling, mm -hmm. he's going to burn it down. Uh then we got Braun Strowman versus Tyson Fury. Uh Tyson Fury, excellent entrance. Braun Strowman just walks down his usual stuff. Tyson yeah. Fury Loads of pyro. Uh, the Isley Brothers. It's your thing. Like that. He comes out. He's in the full Saudi getup as come, well. Does the Rey Mysterio entrance as well. He pops up yeah, from Yeah, he pops up. Uh, and that the crowd love him because he's yeah. dressed in their local attire. He's a total baby face here. 
And I'm like, uh, what? Who are we cheering for? What was the thing? And it just, it was an absolutely brilliant entrance. Michael Cole says, Vintage Fury. Yeah. Uh, since they debut match in WWE, but whatever. And then Fury gets in the ring. And that's where it kind of stops getting interesting. Yeah. It what Fury is not a wrestler. That's not his fault. He's a very successful boxer. I wouldn't Correct. expect him to it's also be boxer. an amazing no. wrestler. Braun Strowman... Quite different, quite different disciplines, if mm. you consider the fact that wrestling involves a lot of using your hands to put people in holds, and boxing involves putting your hands in gloves that mean you can't use your hands. And actually trying to hurt people versus on purposely not trying to hurt people. Yeah, that, yeah. There's, oh, there's that one there's too. Quite a few. Yeah, yeah, there's quite a few. And, the, and Braun Strowman... I, I like Braun Strowman a lot, but he's not. He's he's a limited wrestler, mm-hmm. so you're stuck here with a very limited wrestler and someone who literally can't wrestle, yeah. and who seems to have done about two weeks of rehearsing the match in in the performance center. And while that can work for Ronda Rousey, who had a lot longer than two weeks, she had like four months, and you know a lot of training before then as well. It didn't work here. And but also Ronda Ra- yeah, Ronda Rousey's martial arts lend themselves to wrestling, mm. like judo and stuff. Pla- and that's all that- fit much better than she- boxing. She worked that into her style. She yeah. she she fought like an MMA fighter. Fury worked like a wrestler here. Book him like a boxer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like they, they tried, they kept on doing lockups. They they did the sort of, and this is like you know the first second sequence you learn if you if you go to a wrestling training course because it's it's so easy to do but it looks good. And that is the lockup. You do the sort of reversal thing, and then you go down on the ground. You roll through and you kip up, and it's so easy to do because the other guy just picks you up. But it looks good. They did that spot. I can do that spot. Yeah, and it didn't work. Uh, Fury couldn't roll and then he couldn't kip up properly either. And that, like, again, I don't want it to sound like I'm being down on Fury. No. I'm being down on how they book this match to almost expose every limitation that Fury has. And Braun. And Braun, yeah. Like, what you needed, what you needed Fury to, who you needed Fury to go in there with is someone who's an amazing seller. Yes. And yeah. you go, you, someone who is kind of over as unstoppable, but can sell up a storm. And then you just have Fury. Like, it should have been Tyson Fury versus the OC. Mm. And then you do... He, AJ Styles could have got a five-star match out the, of this. But you know what I mean? You, you do that and it, he, like, knocks out Anderson. He knocks out uh, AJ. And then he stood there with Gallows, someone the same size as him. And Gallows would just sell that yeah. amazingly. The thing about Braun is he's, like... The impressive thing about beating down Braun is the sheer size of Braun. So, like, when you pick Braun up and you slam him about, everyone goes, whoa, that's crazy. But mm. Braun never really does more selling than that, of being like, well, I, I, my body went through that, didn't it? It doesn't yeah, really yeah, do no, many that's, facials that's or bounce around or flop or anything. So, here, everything felt a bit clunky, even that big knockout punch that Tyson hits. Yeah, it was a very sloppy match. Tyson did his Undertaker sit-up spot that he did in the, the Deontay Wilder fight, which, you know, I, I didn't work for me uh, but yeah the finish came when Fury's trying to get back in the sorry Strowman's trying to get back in the ring Fury whacks him on the chin Strowman just falls out and is knocked out the referee does a 10 count Strowman can't get back in so it's a count out victory that Michael Cole called a TKO 
Yeah. But it's gone down in the record books as a count-out victory. A count-out victory. Victory's a victory. Win's a win. <laughs> so it's nice when the commentators don't know the own, the, the actual rules yeah. of the thing. And Braun, like, jelly-legged his way around for a good four of the seconds. That was good selling, actually. I no! Just said, oh, I liked four it. Four <laughs> seconds worth? No way! It's like he could have got back in the ring three times there. Yeah. Like, the only reason, like, he literally at one point was stood at the apron and he was just like, whoa, my legs are too wobbly. It's like, just stay down for like, stay down till eight and then get up. Yeah. And then wobble and then fall down again and then get counted out for 10. Make it look like the really close, I'm going to roll in at nine spot and don't do that. Mm. What, uh, and after that, Fury is celebrating. Uh, Strowman gets in and power slams him and says, This is my ring, you piece of crap. So. Usually, when you bring in uh, sports stars from outside wrestling, you want to use them to enhance current stars. Uh, so, Mike Tyson. Yeah. Perfect example. Uh, Tyson never fought a match. I think whenever you put people in matches, it seems like a, a good freak show attraction, but it never actually works. No. It's better if, you know, like Muhammad Ali in the WrestleMania uh, first main event so it's sort of that enforcer spot at ringside they can be perfect for because you can hide their limitations in this again I always try and judge stuff by how over everyone is afterwards I didn't feel like Fury looked good and no. I, I don't think Strowman looks better coming out of this either no so that's that's a fail <laughs> it's that's a fail a, that's a down <laughs> but uh, uh, Fury did make 12 million so oh yeah yeah you know he, he won wins a win <laughs> Uh, then our truth has some twenty four seven title shenanigans backstage, which I liked. He actually, sorry, we, he won the title back in the twenty man battle royal on the pre show. We didn't mention that, did we? No, from Sunil Singh. Yeah, and then he lost it to Samir here. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought this was quite funny though, because he was he's, he was talking about being the twenty four seven forty eight twenty eleven whatever yeah. champion, and then he was like, "You need to have an escape plan," and then just ran into a door and fell over. That was funny, and then Samir won it. But I'm a bit, o- I'm a bit over all the. God, I, f- I sound cynical. I'm sorry if well, I'm coming off the twenty-four-seven title. You, you're over it. Yeah, the, the roll-up title champion. I was over. We it. should have a roll-up championship on WrestleTalk. I think. Yeah, yeah that'd be fun. <laughs> uh, AJ Styles then took on Umberto Carrillo. Um, the OC came out with AJ with this giant trophy that they've got, <laughs> which was funny. Uh, AJ got a huge pop for his entrance. Earlier in the Battle Royal, he was just shown on screen watching and the the place erupted, didn't yeah. it? So he's over. Unfortunately, Carrillo is great. He's got fantastic dimples, but he's not over. No. He's not even over in the United States yet. No. And to, to put him in front of this audience was a big right. mistake. You're right. They should have just made it a special attraction match. Yeah. Uh, I and, don't think he got to use... I don't, and I don't think enough was done to really use him to his the best of his ability like he, he did a lot of his big spots like his huge springboard arm drag mm-hmm. thing where he jumps really high and a bunch of that stuff but it, it, I don't know like unless you're doing something unless you're ricochet and you're doing crazy counters and stuff I don't necessarily think you're just going to drag in people who don't know who you are at this stage Yeah, and people weren't into the story of him winning the battle royal and then being in this match clearly because they actually it seemed like people here just wanted whoever they knew to win the match, regardless of heel, yes. face, whatever yeah. the story was. It was just, you know, people wanted Brock Lesnar to win that match against Cain Velasquez because they knew who Brock Lesnar was. Mm. Yeah, totally. And yeah, the, the crowd were completely quiet. Like, the, and they, I would say they were pretty quiet for the whole show. 
they were silent here. Mm. Um, and it didn't work. It, it, it doesn't even work for us as viewers of the weekly product because AJ beat Carrillo on Monday definitively. So yeah, there just, was. Uh, it's just one of those ones where it's like it was a it was a well worked match that had all the things that you yeah. would be like this. That's normally exciting, but there were no stakes here because mm. there's no way in hell Humberto Guerrero's working out walking out as the US champion, and they didn't yeah. even tease that he got close in the match. So he's most of his offense put him in danger. <laughs> it felt very Cedric Alexander like, like yeah. when AJ just beat Cedric Alexander twice within a week period very definitively in five minutes yeah that's that's just what's happened to Creo. uh hulk hogan had a promo backstage with byron saxton and he said let me tell you something brother and then he corrected himself and then called him beautiful byron mm. apparently this is a thing they're going to try and do like mean gene oakland beautiful it's going to be byron. beautiful byron saxton so bb let me tell you something bb bb uh so that's awful he also said the team Hogan had been hanging and banging. Yeah, <laughs> hanging and banging. I've been I've been inside all these guys. <laughs> uh, right, we're closer than brothers. It's awkward time. It's Natalia versus Lacey Evans. Let's get the uh, obligatory historic mentions out the way first. This was the first time women have ever wrestled in Saudi Arabia. The crowd were very much into it. Not not everyone, but th the majority were. At the end of the match, the production team focused on every single woman in the audience, it felt like, and they seemed very, very happy, and they hugged Natalia, and they hugged Lacey, and that was genuinely quite emotionally affecting. Yeah. Okay, we've said all that. This made me enormously uncomfortable. I didn't like it. Natalia, when she made her entrance, not only was she covered in head-to-toe, which is fine, you know, that's that's, that's the way it has to be. That is, those are the social customs. She also had this massive T-shirt on that just made it look so, so pandering. It made me feel uncomfortable. And then someone threw a water bottle at her, which made me feel more uncomfortable. Lacey Evans was similarly dressed. And then they had a match in the ring that was very stagey, uh, that they would stop and sort of do this. This was the only taunt they could do. They were smiling all the time. Uh, and it was never a real match. It was just a, this is great, isn't it? This is historic. Which it is. But I that they, they wrestled at half speed. It was a very like, slow, uninteresting match. And it was like, and it felt like every time that Natalia did the taunt, it was more of a sort of, I'm just checking this is still okay. Yeah. Rather than a... Uh, Let's all cheer now because I did something. You know, it's not like a, whoa, something cool happened. It was like, is this okay, guys? Still with me? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. So I, I don't really have much to say on it more than that. Uh, Natalia won with a sharpshooter. Lacey tapped. Other than it, it's, it's happened. We're never going to hear the end of it. It is a, a, a historic moment. Done for cynical by, well, reasons. Yeah, it's a historical moment by definition of having never happened before. That's, yeah. Uh, plenty of stuff has never happened before uh -huh. and you know I, I sort of I thought I didn't realise how how uncomfortable it would make me uh, when I was watching it and yeah it's, it's kind of like it, it just it highlighted to me how this shouldn't have to be a thing yeah <laughs> more than me getting caught up in the well it's difficult it's difficult isn't it because it's a big PR spin of something that 
WWE, you know, we, I think we all take for granted that you see women wrestlers now. But WWE, even even, even in its recent history, is overlooked and underused. So mm. they've made a big PR thing out of just featuring women more and giving them their sort of due for how good they've been for years and not been featured. And now this, while being pitched in the same month as Evolution was last year, which was a very big deal for women's wrestling. Yeah. This is now being pitched as something like that tops that almost. I don't mm. know. And it just feels like it's one of those things where you don't want to deny people in Saudi Arabia the the option to see female wrestlers. And that is a massive deal for them. But I guess as an outside viewer and being shown it and being told how important and historic it is, it does just expose the fact that uh, maybe we shouldn't be making a big deal out of it. Yeah. Because it is a little bit backwards. Yeah. Yeah, and it is it is what it is, folks. Uh, so uh, after that, however, straight into what this entire show should have been. So the Mansoor and Cesaro match, mm-hmm. I think this was the second best executed match for the, the concept of the show. Yeah. Team Hogan versus Team Flair. Yeah, it was just a, a, a whole load of fun. This could have been the whole show. The whole, <laughs> the whole, do you know what? The whole show could have been, we've got some legends who have had long-term rivalries. And they're not wrestling, but they have picked surrogate wrestlers. So they're going to come out and they're going to go, this is my guy and I'm going to, you know, I'm backing him and I'm in his corner. And you could have just done that for five matches. Mm. And then just thrown a couple of other matches together of like really big stars against other really big stars. Not for any titles, not for any stakes, just for fun. That would have been a fine show. Yeah. Because this match was probably, after the Mansoor match, the most fun. Yeah, as an actual viewing experience, definitely. And it was slow early on when it was the heels working over uh, Ricochet and Ali uh, for quite a bit because they were the small guys on their team. <laughs> and then uh, once everyone started tagging in, hitting their finishes, it became a lot of fun in the final stretch. Yeah. And and Rusev, despite how rubbish that storyline's been on Raw, oh, yeah. it felt really fiery when he got in the ring and had a showdown with Bobby well, because Lashley. Because Lana came out, right? Yeah. So Lana comes out on Bobby Lashley's entrance uh, in like a full sequency, like curtain, curtain gown, Pon- giant. Con- it was a hu- It was a huge. Yeah, it was a massive outfit. <laughs> it was gigantic. Um, and then yeah, and then like Lashley comes down to the ring, and the whole match was weirdly structured around Rusev and Lashley facing off. Yeah, which I really liked, and obviously you knew it was going to break down to Roman Reigns getting the win, and then Hogan giving him the rub and all that stuff. But yeah, it was really the the who's rubbing Lana that was the, the main point of the, uh, the match, which I really liked. And actually, it makes that feel like it, it might have been for something. Yeah. As ridiculous as the second cuck storyline of the year might be, it did actually make for a really fun match of like mm. Rusev. Rusev is clearly like he's got no Fs to give anymore and is having quite a lot of fun in his role now. Yeah. He's gone like, well, this is the I'll make the best of the bad situation and just oversell this and really play it up. And do you know what? It worked perfectly. I love the bit at the end as well when they're yes. all lining up. So when all the Team Hogan are lining up and they're all raising hands, Rusev gets left out of that. So he just sticks his head between everyone's <laughs> torsos and goes, yay! Team Hogan, baby! <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's definitely given up and he's just having fun with him. Like, I love it. Yeah, it's, it, it's really refreshing to see him. Uh, sort of released from any pressure in his own head. But he's always like, it's weird because you've like seen Rusev on Total Divas and stuff before and he's very charismatic mm. in real life and he's mm. really funny and it's weird that he, he's always given such a serious character 
beyond the Rusev Day stuff, obviously. Um, I, I just want to give a shout out to the, the final sequence, which was Ali did that RKO counter spot where he hand springs out of it, yeah. which is just insane. Uh, and then immediately off of that, Ricochet hit a shooting star on, on Randy Orton. Chad Gable jumps out off the apron onto Drew. I think there's some dives to take out everyone else. And then Roman hits the spear. It's a really, really fun match. Uh, I liked it a lot. And then we got the Fiend versus Rollins thing, which mm. was the main event, which we've already talked about. I, would, I, I gave it a, a two out of five. Mm-hmm. I'd give it a low two. <clears throat> low two. I, I, I think there were a lot of duds in this show. There was oh. Kane and Brock was a dud. Uh, Fury and Braun was a dud. The most exciting, I think, like, I don't wouldn't say AJ and Umberto was a dud, but it just didn't really get any pulses racing or do anything. No. And then, yeah, Hogan Flair was pretty damn good. The tag match was quite boring. I don't know. I just, so much of it was just like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's get on with your super chats. Uh, Priyansh Sharma says, remember Bray's custom universal title? Mm. I've just got it up here. It's, uh, yeah. It's okay. It's got a lot of birds on. Buzzards. Mm. Well, change those plates. Yeah. Change them to rabbits or fiends. (laughs) Yeah, like little uh, cuddly toys. Yeah, yeah. Pavi let Andy out of his cage. I know why I hate the ending to Fiend versus Seth. It's not because it's the actual ending, but because it was in Crown Jewel. Yeah, it's it's gonna it's unfortunate that we'll have to look at a Saudi show as something that's momentous. But it was on Halloween, mm. which is which is perfect. So yeah, maybe think of it that way. Uh, game fanatic Bray should have a cardboard belt in the funhouse. I'll make it look a bit too. You could have an art. You could have an arts and crafts belt, maybe that he's made. Mm. Uh, on Crown Jewel and Saudi Arabia in general, Bobo Jacobo, I really, really, really hope the talent is okay. That's probably off the the stuff that they're having trouble getting transport back to the US. Mm-hmm. Oblivious Carry, Rollins' neck break cell was amazing. That was very cool. And you said that should be his finish. I think it's amazing. It's such a good finish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Quoth the Raven, 79. Why red light versus Seth, but no red light versus Finn? Because they hadn't decided that the red light existed yet. Yeah, I think uh, that's right. And I I think you keep saying that I like the red light. I don't like the red light. <laughs> I like the idea more of the match being harder to see in the sense that I don't think the fiend should be stood in daylight. I think yeah. it's like it's it's like the Batman thing. You don't like Batman in the middle of the day looks a bit stupid. Batman at night is wicked. Because you, your imagination fills in the blanks, and that that will always be more terrifying. Yeah, I, I think the I think thing. the fiend, I think the fiend in the ring, in in full lighting, even in the Finn match, I was a bit like, well, it's just Bray Wyatt in a mask, mm. isn't it? And you can you can make it more of a monster by having the lights out slightly. And I I don't think the red light is the solution. I think some more dramatic lighting setup, a bit more spotlighting, a bit darker, mm. might be the thing. But that obviously takes a lot more rigging. <laughs> Will Adams, Luke Owen's number one fan, despite all the controversy with Saudi Arabia, that Mansoor promo was heartwarming to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, that knocked it out the park. Uh, AMAC uh, is what... £2.99 is what Tyson Fury should have been paid. That's what they've <laughs> super chatted in. Uh, Mike Depew, 
More like Crown Jewel, am I right? Laurie Blakedor. Crown Jewel? J-U-U-L? Aren't they the name of a vaping company? Maybe. <laughs> uh, Sterling Van. Hold on. Rollins was defeated after some sparks to the face. Dean Ambrose suffered the same fate at TLC 2014. Do they know it made Dean look bad? Do you remember that? Dean had a monitor. And it was, I think it was in a match with Bray Wyatt as well. Mm. And he wasn't connected to anything. And he's going to hit Bray with it, but it explodes in his face. Terrible finish. <laughs> uh, I, I, I thought Rollins looked pretty good, though. Like, I, I like the idea of being blinded, and I thought that worked well. Yeah. Um, Gaza Tola of Rock and Roller. The Saudi shows I've seen were really dull, so I won't bother with Crown Jewel. House shows are only good when you're there. This is why I'm taking my son to his first WWE event in Brighton next week. Oh, that's wicked. House I think house shows, shows can be really fun, and I think they could have just gone. The majority of our audience don't care, mm. so just play with it. Yeah. Man- <clears throat> Mansoor's Creepy Stare versus Undertaker Eye Pop Guy. Mm. Was, it, was that when he was in the corner? He was like pumping himself up. I liked Mansoor. Firefly Fan House, Edna Madden. I love Crown Jewel. <clears throat> All in capitals. Ooh. Nate drops surname. We said the exact same things after last year's Crown Jewel. Like, okay, it's over now. They can get on with the real stories. <laughs> uh, but then stalled for Survivor Series and botched things up even further. Like when SmackDown didn't win a single match. Oh, yeah. Someone's smacked on a win all the matches this year, though, so that's fine. Well, NXT's that's, there to take all the losses. That's balance. <laughs> Long-term book here. <laughs> Lily Smith. The women's match, it doesn't pay to be the first to do something if you're not going to present top-tier quality product to your audience. I th- Yeah, I think it. I would have I felt differently about it if it was Becky Lynch and Charlotte having a Decent a match. really good match. Yeah. I, I think that's what I that's what I was saying yesterday. Is that I just think it's if you're going to go out there and do a women's match and you're doing it for the purposes and you're or you're dressing it up as the being at the forefront of change and doing it for progress, put on a match that actually makes people go, "Wow, women can really do this." Not yeah, just yeah. like, "Oh yeah, women can do this." Like, that is noticeably worse than the the men's matches. Yeah, my laptop's just died. Has <laughs> <Is> it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've hey. got loads of super chats. Uh, fill for time. Them, can I get them up on my phone? Is that a thing have I can do? You got Discord on your phone. Might be able to. Yeah, oh, I do have Discord on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. So go into the channel mods, and then there's a link to a Google Drive. <sighs> do you want to do it? Oh my god! Yeah, I've got sure. WhatsApp notifications. Uh, or oh, channel mods. Wait, wait. This, this one. top quality content. There you go. Look. Hey. Go Cheers, mate. Um, where did we get to? We got to... Do you want me to close all these tabs down? No, I need those for later. I'm halfway through watching some stuff. Um, the women's match, yep. James Williams. So Lacey's move is the women's right, and she lost. Mm-hmm. Maybe a meta commentary there by the booking team. <laughs> uh, o to the B. Fair Fs to Fury. Fair Fs? Oh, fair... Yeah, fair Fs, that makes sense. Is that, is that a, is that that a is, saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, attempted moves and took bumps. Yeah. A for effort. Yeah, I, no, I'd, I'd give him an A for effort. I'd, I'd, I wouldn't take anything away from him for like... It also takes balls to n- probably know that you're not amazing at it and get yeah. in the ring and do it anyway as well. Yeah, I, again, we're not criticising Fury. We're criticising the way he was booked. <clears throat> uh, 
Pavi let Andy out of his cage again. WWE has portrayed every event in Saudi as a side story compared to the main story, making the audience not care about the results in Saudi. <laughs> and now the Fiend wins. Do they expect us to care? It is, yeah, it's, that's one of the major problems with the Fiend winning here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robert Santiago, Red Room definition is the reason for red lights. So the murder, Red mm, Rum, red it's a rum. shining reference. On Survivor Series, Sparks. So in Survivor Series, we have Lesnar versus Fiend versus Cole. This this is if if we're going, it's champion versus champion. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a match. And Cole's going to die. <laughs> yeah, like Lesnar's one side, the Fiend's on the other. Adam Cole's in the middle. Me! I'm leaving. (laughs) Goodbye. Uh, And also Lynch versus Baszler versus Bailey. Do I smell a four horsewomen versus four horsewomen match for the near future? Ooh. I'd love, like, because this is the thing, because Survivor Series is obviously the same weekend as War Games. So if they are doing champion versus champion versus champion, all the the NXT people are pulling double shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Kurosawa, Lesnar wins Universal and NXT titles at Survivor Series. They're not usually for the titles, but uh, that's not... They, uh, we can't rule it out. Yeah. Uh, Vinay Ramachandran. <coughs> so are all Survivor Series matches going to be triple threat matches? Raw versus NXT versus SmackDown. It will feel like that stupid pay-per-view fatal four-way. That was a stupid pay-per-view. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I don't, they haven't really talked about it. I guess we'll find out more on SmackDown tonight. Yeah, I guess I, I imagine limited matches are going to mm. be uh, involving NXT at all yeah. because they've got their big show the night before. Priyank Vassany, will we see Champ versus Champ, Brock versus Fiend in the next pay-per-view in Survivor Series? Love you guys from India. Love you too. Uh, I, yep, I don't know how NXT will factor. So. Yeah. And I also don't... I, like, if you thought booking The Fiend against Rollins was a mind death, <sighs> then what are they going to do against Brock, who yeah. seemingly can beat up even people he's been beaten up by yeah. in real life now? <laughs> uh, Bobo Jacobo. Theory, Ray takes the title off Brock via Kane interference before Survivor Series to bring a top title to Raw. Then it's Ray versus Fiend versus Cole. I like the idea, like, I mean, if we're building up to the idea <laughs> that Ray Mysterio is going to retire soon, which I think... It, a lot of this has been about anyway, mm. like bringing Dominic in and Kane now. Then a final run as WWE champion feels like a very fitting way to let Rey Mysterio go out. So I'd love that. I think, yeah. you know, I'd, I would absolutely love that. Uh, on the subject of WWE, quoth the Raven 79, odds of Rey defeating Brock and bring the belt to Raw. So there's a lot of this sort of stuff. Uh, I, I don't think so. I think pretty low. Nate drops surname. The McMahon, you're the authority promo came next. Uh, after came next after what? After Survivor Series. Mm. Yeah, that was off of the back of that. Fergal McClements. Has Seth's awful run as the main company man made anyone else appreciate how well Roman handled it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like he got all those boos and he just stood there and he took it and was professional. And you compare how Seth's Take getting on it, yeah. with nowhere near as many boos. No, no, Seth, uh, Seth was very over until the Fiend mm. thing, and he was blowing up at people on Twitter before that. So. Yeah, that whole Becky-Seth stuff didn't, didn't like... It was a bad story to book him in. Sterling Van, I could be wrong, but I don't think Fox cares about tag teams. The Revival is still an afterthought, and you would think they'd want a SmackDown team winning if they did care. Just an observation. 
I think it's WWE that doesn't care about tag yeah. teams. Vince McMahon specifically. Flint Mech, will SmackDown be all mixed match challenge tonight? Will we get an evolution show after after all? NXT Invasion, now's our chance. I think like NXT Invasion is probably a very good shout. I mean, there's still, there's still some people left around. Uh, Apparently 12 uh, wrestlers got out on the first flight. Yeah. So... But it depends if they're going to make it back in time still because mm. it's a long, long flight and they have very limited time to get their land and get to the venue. So mm. I don't know. I feel like now would be the time to do a weird NXT invasion angle just to build a Survivor Series. Yeah, it fits. Yeah, You kind of want the main roster stars to be invaded though, wouldn't yeah. you? Adrian Wells, Kofi might be turning heel. Not before Big E, mate. Mm. Uh, Jeffrey Garrow. First super chat, having good time with the boys. Could Ray's build be to move WWE champ belt to Raw as Fiend has taken Universal title to SmackDown? <coughs> I don't think so. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm hopeful. <laughs> Miscellaneous section, total blurred. Haven't watched any WWE products since Hell in a Cell and that Kofi run broke me. Fully watching AEW thanks to the content you put out. Oh, glad to oh. spread the word. Tim Arndt. doing me. Laurie, I heard that you're keen to play Luigi's Mansion 3. Oh, yeah. I bought it yesterday and I'm now on the final floor. It's been really good so oh, far. you've powered through that. I heard that was like 17 hours long. <laughs> that really? Game. Yeah. Whoa. Tim uh, Arndt. Forged by gaming, Ollie versus El Fagador in the first empty stream match. <laughs> 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 A reference to... Uh, Technical difficulties earlier. Omega Ranga Ramble. Idiocy. Did you let the pizza guy go home last night after making him wait outside for so long? No, we kept him. We locked him in the office. Yeah, yeah. He died. <laughs> Firefly Fan House, Edna Madden. This is the best day of my life. Mm. Maybe because of the the, the theme I'm going to say can, got the Firefly in the name, so maybe. Oh, yeah. Robert Banker. So does Andy win Wrestle League for eight stomps? He predicted it. Yeah. He gets one point. Extra than, than us. Jeffrey Pridemore, yesterday was a great day to work late. Didn't get home till 5pm, 30 minutes after the show ended. Only had to watch the last five minutes. <laughs> um, just a few more. SM Kicks, off topic, idea for AEW NXT grading scales. Meltzer Stars, All Elite, Crossroads, TN Terrible, What the Buck. We've already got What the Buck. Undisputed, Nextalent. U.S. average, U.S. average, full fail, full fails, good. full fails, good. A Walter chop, a Walter chop. Substance one hundred three k. Love you guys. Thank you very much. I quite like the current ratings scores, but full full fails, good. Hmm. Ribbon Ribbonton should have listened to the PowerPoint. Yeah, Drew Gulak's. And finally, Monday, just to give everyone something to think about, today is the only day of the year that technically occurs twice a year. 11, no, one eleven nineteen. Cheers, mates. Love you all. So, it's the 1st of September, but it's also the 11th of January. Um... From a numbers perspective madness what knowledge to end on there you go there you you've go. been dropped with knowledge you, it, <laughs> you turn my phone into black and white I, it's just a, a, a skill I have I just optimised your phone experience there well I'm just going to leave it there now because you've made <laughs> it look really bland 
Uh, thank you all so much for joining Who us here. Who does that? On this. <laughs> I, I just Who the does that? I don't, I don't know. Like, why have you got that as a shortcut on a button? I don't have it as a shortcut on a button. I pressed, you went into a menu and you did that. I pressed the button who, where my who power does button that is. to somebody else's phone? That's like I was if trying I to show you something on my Instagram. You started liking pictures. That's next. Outrageous. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.